Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, are the words she's implying? Where have I been while well, my world has been dying? Lord, teach me. Oh! 
Okay, everybody, welcome to our Monday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host for the night, Shauna Holmberg, and welcome to the broadcast. You have to forgive me, I've had um, somewhat of a cold slash sinus infection over the last week, which the Lord's healing, so I'm a little bit nasally tonight. Um, Nevertheless, we'll still be glorified in every word, Father, tonight, Lord, every word that's spoken, Father. Father, I pray you take those words and transform them to touch the hearts and the lives of every believer and non-believer who's listening tonight, Father. For as your word says, it's not by power nor by might, but by your spirit. Not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. Father, your word says that it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Father, tonight I ask, Lord, that you would draw men to yourselves, Father, from the least to the greatest, Father, from every corner of the earth, Lord, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, Father, that you would reveal to them the unsearchable riches in Christ Jesus, Father, the manifold wisdom, Father. Lord, reveal to us tonight, Father, the depths of your love, Father, for us. Reveal to us the depths of your mercy and your grace and your kindness, Father, toward us who believe in you, Father, toward us who call upon your name, Father, for those of us who have placed our trust in you, Lord. We cast all things aside, Father, every weight, every hindrance, Lord, as your word declares, and every sin that easily besets us, Father. Father, we lay our lives completely open, completely bare before you, Father knowing that nothing is hidden from you, Father. So we surrender everything, Father, knowing that your declares that perhaps for a good man someone dare, would dare to die, but you demonstrated your own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father, so tonight we give you praise, Lord, glory and honor. Father, we give you the sacrifices of our praise, Father, the sacrifices of our hearts. Father, we give you our loyalty, Father. We give you our obedience, Father. We give you our love. Father, we ask that you would create in us a clean heart. Father, that you would transform us into the image of your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, that you would mold us and shape us, fashion us according to your will, Lord, that we can be instruments of righteousness in your hand, Father, that we can be vessels of your Holy Spirit, Father, not corrupted by the things of this world, Father. And, Father, we hold nothing onto this world, Father, but we fully embrace your righteousness, Father, fully embracing your kingdom, Father, your kingdom power, your kingdom authority, Lord, your plans and your purposes, Father. You said that your ways are not our ways. You said your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Lord. Father, so we lay aside our expectations, Father. We lay aside our plans and our purposes, Father, and ask that your will would be done, Father. Lord, that you create the transformation in us, Father, so that we would no longer 
Father, we would no longer seek to be like the rest of the world as Lord. But we would walk higher, Father, with our minds being higher. Your word declares we have the mind of Christ, Father. You said to set your things, set our minds on things above and not beneath, Father. Father, you said that you have forever perfected those who are being sanctified. Signifying that while you are still cleansing us, you are still sanctifying us. You have already declared us perfect, perfect before the Father. Jesus, you've already declared his purpose before the Father. You know, I was um, thinking earlier this week, um, excuse me, um, me and Chris um, had been talking about, um, it was interesting, um, different decisions that, we randomly um, talk to each other about decisions that are going on in each other's lives. Um, And we we were thinking about different decisions we had both made over the course of our lives and how those decisions had um, shaped and transformed us and how those things that had happened even in the past um, were used by God to bring us into the place where we are now. Um, the good things and the bad. I mean, even the bad things, even when we make mistakes, the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And, you know, even mistakes we make can be used to glorify God. They can be used to transform a situation to bring you closer to God if you're willing to <laughs> be humble before the Lord. Um, the Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, that there is no no, no one's different. And it says the righteous man will fall seven times, but seven times will get back up. And, you know, the Bible says that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now that verse comes out of the book of Ephesians. I mean, I'm sorry, pardon me, the book of Philippians. And um, it's Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, being confident above all, being confident. Um, it's just uh, later in scripture, it says, I know in whom I have believed. Being confident in the God that you serve, being confident in the God that you have placed your trust in, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask to think according to the power that works in us. <clears throat> you know, it's this Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who began the work. It says that he is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. He is where everything begins, and he is where everything ends, and he is your presence. He's not the God of yesterday or the God of tomorrow. He's the God of now. As he said to Moses, I am that I am. When Moses said, well, who will I say sent me? He said, I am who I am, send you. Because he's not a God of the past. He's not just a God of the future. He's the God of now. And more than able to save to the utmost those who call upon his name. As it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know, the Father began a work in you far before you are aware that there was a God, far before you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
he had a plan for you. As we've we've gone over many times in Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And speaking to Jeremiah, that before you were created in your mother's womb, before the DNA took shape, before your body had any form whatsoever, before you breathed your first breath, the Father had a plan for your life. He had begun that good work in your life. And you can be confident that he who began the good work will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. Knowing that if he began a good work in you before you were even aware of him, as the Bible says that Christ Jesus died for our sins, and it says we – it doesn't say that he loves us because we first loved him. No, it says that we love him because he first loved us. No one came to God on their own will and their own accord, and no, no one woke up and said, oh, I think I want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ today. No, it's those who've come to the knowledge of their sin that they could never save themselves and that there was a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross to redeem all of mankind, to redeem all of humanity. Therefore, we love him because of what he's already done for us. Everything begins with him. It doesn't begin with us. You know, the Bible says a man will plan his ways, but the Lord will direct his steps. And it says the steps that are righteous are ordered by the Lord. Well, how are you righteous? Because you may look at yourself and you may think, well, I'm not very righteous. But, you know, there's a difference between what you can see and what he can see. There's a difference between what the world sees and what the spirit sees. There's a difference between what the world proclaims and what the word of God proclaims about you. He began a good work in you. And through everything, as he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always been there. And continually working, continually moving. You know, if you think of the lives of the children of Israel, who he delivered with a mighty hand out of Egypt, out of bondage and slavery, much like he delivered us, we've been conveyed, we've been removed from darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of son of the son of his love. In the same way, in the like manner, he removed Egypt out of the land of out of bondage, out of the land of Egypt. And brought them, brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey, making a promise to their forefathers from generation to generation of the coming of promise that he made toward them, that he would bring them out, that he would bless them through Abraham. And because of his promise to Abraham, that all nations of the earth would be blessed through him. And he told the children of Israel that he was going to bring them out, that he was going to bring them to a land of milk and honey. That would be their own forever. And, you know, from the first looks of it, it didn't go very well. Not that he could not perform his end, because he did, but because it wasn't an easy path for them, um, they still struggled. They still complained. They still had issues in their flesh. And <laughs> the desires of the flesh, wanting to serve the flesh rather than serve the living God, not being able to understand 
that he who began the work, they could trust to continue the work and to finish the work. You know, sometimes we, it's easy to believe that, you know, he began the work and it's easy to believe that he would complete the work sooner or later without believing and trusting that he's completing the work right now. Every day they would come, they would complain and they were hungry. And so God gave them manna from heaven to satisfy them. And then that wasn't good enough. So he gave them fish and then they were thirsty. And so he made water come out of a rock. And he got them to the land flowing with milk and honey. But not all of them made it because it's not all of them believed and some died before they made it there. <clears throat> and we too cannot lose heart. It says, cast not away your confidence. It says, do not grow weary while doing good because you'll reap if you do not lose heart. And I would encourage you today, exhort you today, that our Lord is able to do, as the scripture says, exceedingly above all you can ask to think. And that he who began the work is doing the work. You know, it's interesting if you think of Jesus even as a child when he was, he his parents had left and he went back to the, to the temple and his parents came to look for him and they said, what are you doing? And he said, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? That he was about his father's business, doing his father's business in the present tense. That he was doing his father's business. He said, when his disciples asked him if he had food, he said, I have food you do not know of. And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And the will of him who sent him is the same today as it was in the past, to be our intercessor. It says that he has been seated at the right hand of God and lives to make intercession for us. Right now, this very moment, the Lord Jesus Christ is up in heaven, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, making intercession for the nations. Making intercession for you because God has a plan for your life. He said, I know those who are mine and the enemy cannot smash them away. You trusted him in the beginning. Trust him now. Trust him in the future. You know, it's the thing when he said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own troubles. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these needs, all these words will be added unto you. It's about trusting him today. It's about realizing that he's there right now, ever-present help in a time of need, our shield, our fortress, our redeemer, our savior. So me and Chris were um, talking about how if we go back and we look at our lives and all the areas of our lives that he's interjected himself, all the ways that he stepped in and saved us, even sometimes from ourselves, sometimes from enemies, sometimes from just things in the world. And you can see how he's shaping 
and molding. And it's not just about me and Chris. It's about you, and it's about your family and your neighbors and about your children. Continually shaping and molding so that he can reveal himself to us. Paul said, I have counted count all things lost in Ephesians for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that we may know him. That we may know him isn't my favorite verse was on Chris and Moses um standing up on the mountain before the Lord and you know, the Lord's doing all these things and and giving him promises and Moses is standing there before the Lord and he said if I have found grace in your sight show me now your way that I may know you you know sometimes we have to as the scripture says, you know, it says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But it says to set your mind on heavenly things where Christ is. So you can get that perspective. So you can get that revelation to delve into the word of God and get the revelation about the word. The word says about you, what the word says about your life, what the word says about your position and your place in the kingdom of God. What the word said are the promises that were given to you that are yours to claim if you're willing to believe, if you're willing to trust him. You know, my pastor on Sunday said, you know, faith in the long run is trust. It's trust in the Lord. It's trust in God to be exactly who he said he is. You know, sometimes it comes down to that we get so caught up in the things of the world and what we can see with our physical eyes that we don't pay attention to things that can only be seen with spiritual eyes, which is the hand of the Lord. Far too often, we put our mind on the things around us and not our mind on him. I was um, talking to a good friend of mine about um, who was planning is planning on moving and we were going through um, some details and stuff about it. And, you know, one thing we talked about is that, you know, whatever it is you're doing, whatever decision it is that needs to be made, we always need to first come to the father. We always need to come to him first and to get his guidance. And, you know, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. But there's more safety when you listen to the Holy Spirit. As the disciple said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to listen to his guidance and his opinion to find out what he thinks about a matter. And, you know, if that means locking yourself in a room for hours and hours upon end or days and days or however long it takes until you can get a clear word from the Lord. You search the scripture and keep reading and keep reading and keep asking the Holy Spirit to give you revelation out of his word until he gives you an answer. 
And then you trust the answer. And you trust him. And you believe that even though you may not understand how it's all going to play out and you don't know how all the ends are going to meet and how the finances are going to get there and how people are going to get there, it doesn't matter because you know in whom you have believed. And you can complete the work you started until the day of Christ. Until the day of Christ. He's not going to stop. He's not going to relent. He's not going to change his mind about you. It says the promises of God are yes and amen. And he's already perfected those who are being sanctified. You may say, well, I don't feel righteous. But how you feel is irrelevant at times to what the scripture says about you. You can wake up one day and not necessarily have a happy feeling or whatever about being saved. You may wake up one morning and you don't really feel anything different. There's no butterflies. There's no magic clouds spinning around you. and There's no church music and anything else. And you're just there in the quiet. And that's where trust comes in. And faith. In whom you have placed your trust. Because you don't always feel things. But you can know things. You know, I have an amazing wife. Um, so beyond all possible um, definition and comprehension and my limited understanding to the grace and the mercy of God, um, she's the good thing that the Bible talks about where it says he finds a wife, finds a good thing. And, you know, I'm not always around her 24 hours a day. I can't always see her physically with my eyes. You know, even now she's in the bedroom going to sleep and I'm here in the other room doing the radio broadcast. Physically, can't physically see her at the moment, but I would never doubt her love for me because I know it, because I know her. Intimately acquainted with her. You know, the Bible says that he is intimately acquainted in all our ways. This is the very hair of our heads are numbered. You know, he is the potter, we're the clay. It's his blueprint, his design, his master symphony that he's creating in your life, as you know, the scripture says, there were living epistles written not, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh as the heart. You know, were these living epistles of the Lord Jesus Christ declaring the mercies of God to a fallen world, declaring that there is a way that. When men who struggle in the darkness, longing to find their own salvation, longing for answers and redemption, that there's a way. His name is Jesus. And you don't always feel it. You don't always feel safe. But you are because you place your trust in him, because you know him, because you trust that his word is true. 
It says that we have an inheritance that's undefiled, uncorrupted, that doesn't pass away. That we have the guarantee, that we have this, the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. We have this Holy Spirit that's dwelling inside of us to reveal to us the heart of God. And if you don't, if you've never received the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, you can. Father, right now, Lord, for every single person who's listening, Lord, who doesn't know your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill them completely and totally. Father, fill them completely and totally, Father. Give them revelation of your love. Give them revelation of your heart. Give them revelation of who you are. Holy Spirit, reveal to them the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't always feel the things that you want to feel. But sometimes you get to step out in faith. Sometimes you've got to step out and just trust that on the other side of your obedience is his ability. You know, there's times I've um, prayed for people. And, you know, the interesting thing about praying for people in the beginning is you always have this mind struggle going on where you have this part of you that knows the word of God and trust him. And then you have this part of your flesh that says, well, this will never work. And you have this like battle going on and you have to decide which way you're going to go. You know, when Moses was standing before the Red Sea and the Pharaoh's armies were behind him, fastly approaching and their death was imminent. He had, to choose, looking at the Red Sea, knowing, okay, there's a big sea. I have no idea what God's going to do. All I know is him. What do I do? Trust the Lord. Don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Don't know how my family's going to get saved, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Because he said, you and your household shall be saved. And so he put the rod down in front of the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted, and the children of Israel escaped, and the enemies were devoured behind them. Great and amazing things will happen in your life when you put your trust in the Lord. You don't even have to try. You just walk. You know, that's to be a message we do one night called walking in the spirit, walking in fellowship with the Lord. Where you don't, you no longer are striving. You're no longer working. You're no longer trying to fulfill any expectation that you may have of what you should be doing at any particular moment. Where when, for example, someone needs to be prayed for, you don't have to try to figure out, well, is this the right thing to do? Because you know what his word says. When you know someone needs to hear 
the gospel, someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to sit there and debate on if it's the right thing for you, to, for you to do, for you to go and speak to them the truth and the life that you've already received. Because you know him. You know the greatest thing about walking with the Lord and walking in a relationship with the Lord where you openly just trust him that even if you don't know the answers and you don't know how he's going to do things, you know he's going to somehow. You know what? That's okay. Sometimes it's okay to say, Father, I have absolutely no idea how you're going to get me out of this mess, but I know somehow you will because you always have and you always will. It's a great thing about you being you. Father, is you're always faithful. You're always faithful to fulfill your word to us. And so, you know, there's times I've prayed for people and with all nervousness, not having any idea what was going to happen having absolutely no confidence in my abilities to pray, to come up with the right words, or even in my own, necessarily my own walk with the Lord that I thought I had it all figured out or I had the perfect walk or anything else. All I've had was the knowledge of who he is. And that's enough. Knowing that he can do those things that he said he could do. That when he said by his stripes were healed, when he said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, there's no question about what needs to be done because I have his word to stand upon. When it seems like there's not a friend in the world. I know his word declares that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. There comes a time that says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, behaved as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. There comes a point in your Christian walk where you have to stop plane you know it's great I have the most amazing seven year old um, who is about to turn eight she was a gift from the Lord and she one of her favorite hobbies is pretend that she's like four especially with me not with my wife because I guess she knows with my wife she can't get away with it but If she needs to go from one room to the other, she wants me to carry her. If she needs to eat breakfast or whatever else, she needs me to do it for her. Because she's like taking that place of receiving from me. While she could do it on her own, she also knows I could do it for her. And, you know, at some point she'll have to grow up and learn that there's things that she can do on her own. And we too know 
you know, there's some things that it's great to just sit around and let someone else do the work. And it's great to let someone else do the preaching. And, it's, you know, it's great to see someone who, you know, needs something from the Lord, whatever it is, and be like, you know, Father, let, this, let the next person who walks by touch them. And, you know, I've been that person. Um, just last week, I was that person. I saw someone who, and I'll tell you the story. Um, so I was leaving work and working downtown Dallas and Texas and the United States. And so I'm leaving work and I'm walking to the train station to catch a train ride home. And there was this guy and <clears throat> he was just sitting there and he um, looked up to me and he um, asked for a couple of cents or a, just like, I think he said like 21 cents or something like that. Not a lot. And then he asked me if I knew where he could get work. And, you know, I, I, I sort of did, but it wasn't anywhere close to him. And I said, not around here. And, and then I started I, and I gave him a little bit of change I could find in my bag, and then I just went on my way. And no sooner did I leave, than I kept feeling like I should go back and do more. And all of a sudden, the cares of the world took over. And it's like, okay, I've got to catch my train. And Father, let the next person who comes by, let them feed this man. Let them find this, plant, this man a place to sleep. And, you know, it should have been me standing there doing all of that because I had the ability to, but I didn't. And so I was just trusting that the Lord would let someone coming out, someone else come along and do it. When in reality, it should have been me doing it because I knew the heart of God was to take care of this man. And I didn't do it and I failed. And, you know, the Lord forgives me and I learned from it. But, you know, there comes a time in our lives when we need to stop letting other people do all the work that you're perfectly capable of doing. The Bible says it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells in you and every single one of you and us and me and Chris. The same Holy Spirit with Peter healing people. The same Holy Spirit, you know, when Peter was walking by and his shadow would just touch someone and they'd get healed. Same Holy Spirit. You know, when you speak something and you're speaking the heart of God to someone, it doesn't really matter what you sound like. When, um, you know, it's like um, the other night, um, me and Chris were doing a service and um, most of the worship band was at a prison ministry and they um, couldn't show up. And, you know, the worship band we do have is... Um, from um, our church and they volunteered to come help and but only a couple of them to show up because the rest was on and you know the worship was so anointed with just two people there just as, as anointing as it was if there was a holding in and like five or six or seven people there because it's not about your efforts or your abilities as much as as it is about his power not by my nor by power but by my spirit the anointing that he places upon you is more than enough to fulfill the task that he's called you to. 
in whatever the Lord has asked you to do or whatever he's called you to do, he will pour out anointing in your life to be able to complete it. The provision will always be there when you need it, if you're willing to trust him. Sometimes you just step out in faith. Sometimes you just step out in obedience. Not necessarily knowing where the provision is going to come from, but knowing who the, the provision is going to come from. And on the other side of your obedience, the provision just magically shows up. Not magically, but by the, his power. So today, tonight, tomorrow, begin to trust him. That he knows exactly who you are. That he knows exactly where you are that his plans and purposes are true. As the scripture says, that his promises are yes and amen. That as he said, I know the thoughts I think of you, the thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. As he said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know none of. And later in Corinthians where he said, I have not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know, the Father loves you, and he has an amazing plan for your life that he wants to be a part of. Not that he has a plan and you want to say, John or Joey or Amanda, just go do this plan. No, you know, the Lord wants to walk with you. He wants to work with you together. And it's not work when you're walking with the Lord. It's relationship. It's fellowship. It's loving the Lord Jesus Christ and letting the majesty of his presence consume you. And you will see more miracles happen in your life and all around you and your family and your friends just by you loving the Lord and having a relationship with him and trusting him and believing he's always there and able to do anything he said and anything his word declares. Miracles will happen. Your lives will change. So, um, put some, another worship song on. Uh, this is for International Radio. Um, if you need prayer, you can always email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Um, me and Chris are trying to be pretty fervent to Read our emails. Um, sometimes we're not. We try to be there. And we'll get back to you, hopefully, within a couple of hours. And um, as always, we're praying for you. Um, believe in God for you. Knowing that he has great things planned for your life. And knowing the love which he has for you.
Love it.